Kia ora tato. this is the blog post from the 2nd of July 2020. When the world as you know it gets torn apart, what do you do? Someone you care a lot about passes away, or leaves in some form. You lose your job, you take the leap of faith and it doesn't quite pull through, or you miss the landing. Covid happens, your livelihood and sense of identity is ripped out from under you. Kahakwe, what do you do? Or what will you do? This was a line my pops used to say a lot. I've probably mentioned it before, but people would say if he was any more laid back, he'd be horizontal. He was ngāwari, easygoing and calm. He was the ultimate creative problem solver and discipline enforcer. I'm pretty sure there's a better way to say that. And when I reflect on how he served up punishment for my cousins, friends, brothers and I for being hōha, for not listening, for not doing what we were told, or any other reason... His methods always encouraged a sense of self-reflection, self-determination, meditation and taking responsibility for our behaviour without us even realising it at the time. Or maybe not even now. (laughs) We'd get sent out to stand on this tree stump in our backyard and told to count to a random number. And without fault, 100% strike rate, everyone who got sent out there, and by the way, everyone he sent out did exactly as they were told, which was a miracle feat in and of itself. They would leave huffing and puffing like angry little smurfs, and come back almost as laid back as Dad was. Then he'd always come back to us with that question, Kahakwe, what will you do? I didn't know it at the time, but he was getting us to recognise our ability to respond, our capacity to decide how to engage and how to conduct ourselves. When the world as we knew it, as tamariki, as young ones, felt like it was being torn apart, what would we do? How would we behave? And sometimes you don't feel like there's an option. You feel helpless, powerless or even hopeless, like everything's out of your control. Especially when any of the circumstances mentioned at the start of the post or a number of other situations happen but we know that light is always at the end of the creation cycle. After darkness, after chaos, after confusion and disruption, after the world as we know it has been torn apart. Mai te kore, ki te pō, ki te Just like when Ranginui and Papatuanuku, the astro and physical, old and new, heaven and earth, sky father and mother earth, were separated by Tāne, the ato of the forest and the pursuit of knowledge, Their world had literally been torn apart and what was once certain and absolute was now a realm of infinite possibility. They set out to explore their new surroundings and formed collaborations to effect change and achieve feats they never could have by themselves. For instance, Tane calling on Tafri Matea, the ato of the winds, to help him defeat Firo, ato of disease and misfortune, and Te Aitanga Pepeke, Firo's predator army, to retrieve the baskets of knowledge that later allowed for the creation of humankind. Hearts breaking, worlds ending, minds blowing, destruction is all part of creation. It's in our whakapapa. Therefore, the answers for how to navigate the situations, therefore, the answers for how to navigate these situations must also lie in those blueprints, or at least act as a guide to lead us in the right direction and when we consider or at least act as a guide to uh, or at least act as a guide to lead us in the right direction and when we consider or at least act as a guide to lead us in the right direction and when we consider the breakdown and potential interpretation of uru tengangana uru tengangana the entering into the light 
we can appreciate his role as Matamua, as the eldest of Te Ratua, even more. He was the eldest of his siblings, and just going off his name here, it seems as if, as the eldest, it seems as if, as the eldest, he leads that transition from old to new, dark to light, unknown or confusion to enlightenment. So we could look to Uri Tengangana and to my papa's problem-solving techniques to help us as we contemplate that question. When the world as we know it is torn apart, what do we do? We enter into the light. And this should be obvious, because papa, <laughs> Because it's part of the cycle. But maybe this is where Papst's advice comes in, and we consider that we enter into that light, into enlightenment, healing, prosperity, abundance, or whatever light symbolizes to you, by taking time to self-reflect and self-assess, by developing self-determination, by meditating and learning to take responsibility for our behavior, and calling on others or coming together to create something greater than we ever could alone by ourselves. The blueprint to navigate our own worlds collapsing, imploding or destructing is woven into Rangi and Papa's separation and the pūrāko, the stories that follow in the sequence. The potential to overcome and persevere is already in our DNA because Te Atua and our tupuna have endured their version of the challenges we face today, their own worlds ending in some way. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> anyway, we're down to the last line. Uh, so as versions of you die, as old habits weaken, as the world as you know it gets torn apart, kahakwe, what will you do? Tēnā tātou, hana. And that is the end of the post. I remember writing this and it was so hard. I don't think how I originally thought or envisioned this post is how it's unfolded or is the cordial that's come out, but I think there's some parts that I'd like to edit or take out, um, so I might do that, and if you read it again after this, it might look different to how you've heard it, <laughs> or if you revisit it, it might look a little bit different, just because there are some, I think, just minor technicalities that I just want to tidy up, because it's a little bit messy, um, but I've found that the last few posts, or just the state of mind, just my state really and the last week or so has been a little bit down and it's been hard to create content I just haven't wanted to or I've resisted it um, I've been reluctant and it's interesting I think upon reflection that we're still covering Uritingangana, trying to get at it from different perspectives or trying to draw from him in different ways and I feel like in the first moon cycle, when we covered him, it was really aspirational, affirmative kind of energy, and I was super stoked every week, and like, I'm always having that kind of excitement, or I always feel that way about life, but sometimes it's easier to feel that than others, <laughs> like sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge to just do things, or more so than other weeks. And I'm definitely feeling the difference between the second time around with Uri Tengangana compared to the first one. And as I've come to interpret him as the Atua of dualities, just like how his name is a contradiction, it's a paradox, right? Uru, the west, or the sun setting, it metaphorically symbolizes that, but then Ngangana means to glow. So you've got the entering into the light, you need the sun to set for it to rise again. Um, I'm feeling that in a way 
with the first cycle focusing on all of this aspirational kind of awesome stuff, I was feeling the vibe and then just this week is kind of kicking my butt a little bit for want of a better word or better way to describe that. <laughs> uh, but also a nod to my papa as well. I've been thinking of him a little bit over the last few weeks and especially with Papa Tony passing away. Uh, recently and just other things happening like I always come into reflection mode leading up to Matariki which is coming up in about a week or so um, and so think of my papa think of those who have passed on and the lessons that they left behind or that they tried to teach us and just a few lines in there about what my dad would do and I wanted to paint a picture for you because I said in here, he was the ultimate creative problem solver and discipline enforcer. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but how he disciplined us was really creative. And so one of those ways was we had this awesome fuddy in Palmerston North where I grew up. Big backyard, we had trampoline, we had apple tree. I'm pretty sure there was like a plum tree at one point. Um, it was so much fun and really grateful to have had that space growing up. And we had this tree stump in the first half of that backyard and we would get sent out. Like if you were packing a tanti, my dad would just be like, Eputa, te whatever number he choose. Like just go out and you knew. And I tried to write it, but I know I can't emphasize. Like everyone listen to him. <laughs> and there were some cousins, like I listened because I did everything I could to be the favorite. Um, so I always listened. <laughs> you can decide for yourself whether there's any truth to that. Um, but some of my cousins, I didn't listen to anyone, but they listened to my dad. And there was just something about him, like he really raised his voice. Um, but he'd always you know, send, people, send my cousins or send my mates out, send me out a few times. And everyone listened and everyone left they did as they were told, they left huffing and puffing like little angry smurfs and came back almost as laid back as dad was. And then he'd just kind of like uffy them and then send them back inside to play or to do whatever. But it was just like on reflection, looking back, it's like, wow, for starters, we listened to him. Secondly, it worked, but it was, oh, he just knew. And he was really quiet, really ngawari, as I mentioned in the post, and this may not have been his intention, but I think I think it would be. Um, but he was getting us to recognize our ability to respond, our capacity to decide how to engage and how to conduct ourselves without even knowing. You know, so as young children having this opportunity to go out and meditate unknowingly, <laughs> unconsciously, subconsciously, um, allowed us to create that space for ourselves when our lives were falling apart, when our worlds were falling apart with all our responsibilities of whose turn it was next on the trampoline or if someone was playing with our favorite toy or whatever. <laughs> ah, good old times, much simpler times at that. Um, but even though this was a mission to write and to get my whakaro into order, even upon reading it now to record it for you guys, it's not really that coherent. I think I might tidy it up a little bit um, when I finish with the recording, um, but I still did enjoy it and I'm happy that I have a reflection or I guess 
a snapshot of my whakaro and how I'm feeling about the world and stuff at the moment. And I did mention at the start that I was feeling down, but like I'm, I don't feel down, like everything's good, grateful, mahi's going good, like life's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, just things feel different. And I think it's because of the phase I'm in, just reflecting on uh, different strands, how they've been coming together and reassessing and reevaluating for what to do next. So that might come out in future posts. But keen to hear your feedback on this one, Etiwi. You know how to get at me. I'll catch you on the next post. Hey, kona.